0: Hey everyone, it's Anthony. I want to talk to you briefly about my sponsor, Anchor.fm. Anchor is the free platform where I upload podcast episodes and distribute to other channels like Spotify. Anchor is easy to use, provides you all the tools you need to have a successful podcast, and gives you the ability to make money through sponsored segments. You can find the Anthony Maragliata Show on Anchor and on many other channels. And maybe I will see your podcast on Anchor. Hey, you never know. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Anthony Maragliata Show, the premier New Jersey based politics podcast. You may remember when I first started this podcast last year, I did an episode with Christian DeLuca about how college student government associations are corrupt since they favor one party rule, and if you don't agree with what majority of the SGA establishment wants, then you get canceled. Well, today's episode is a little similar to that. Today, we will be discussing the political establishment in America and New Jersey, and how politicians need to favor we the people instead of their own political agenda. I mean, seriously, it's we the people. It says in our constitution, it's not we the government. And joining me for today's episode is John Kerpis. He ran for State Assembly last year in New Jersey's 39th Legislative District, and I was very fortunate enough to work for his campaign. John, thank you for joining.
1: Oh, thank you very much for having me.
0: So you are very active on Twitter when it comes to holding our elected officials accountable. Specifically, when it comes to this New Jersey gas bill, that would make New Jersey a self-pump state with some exceptions and limitations. Most New Jerseyans do not want this as it is an 80-20 issue in favor of not having it. What is your take on this?
1: As most of you know, especially if you're from New Jersey, New Jersey doesn't allow you to pump your own gas. And... um As a person that's grown up here, I've always found that weird. And of course, I think that everybody should have the option to pump their own gas. And there's a bill that's coming out right now that supposedly does that, allows people to pump their own gas. But with everything that happens in government, there's always the devil is in the details. And when I look into the bill, I realize that it isn't so much something that just allows you to pump your own gas within the current system. It's something that kind of changes the system. So, for instance, with this bill, what it does is it says that any station that has four or less pumps, which the state senators say is 40% of the total stations, and it's really um, neither here nor there what the number is, but to give you an idea, it could be as high as 40%, they now do not have to offer full serve at all, which to me is a little bit concerning because there are certain parts of the state where there are four four or less pumps are very prevalent and if you're a disabled driver you might not have access to use those pumps Um, because another part of the bill also says that if there's only one employee there and you have a four or less pump station they don't even have to help a disabled driver the disabled driver would just have to go find another station all right so that was very concerning now the remaining stations the vast majority of them which are four or more pumps, um, the state senators and assemblymen are saying, well, it's preserved there. You still have the option to have full serve. But when you look at the details, that's not the case. What the bill says is that the the every gas station in New Jersey, no matter what the size, only has to offer full serve for half the day. So meaning that from 8 p.m. to 8 a.m., you will not be seeing full serve offered anymore. And which is another thing that concerns me. Because, for instance, let's just say, well, first of all, we're in a state that's very populated and that happens to be um, high in things like carjacking, crime, things like that. Well, if from 8 p.m. to 8 a.m. there isn't an attendant there, then what's to say there isn't going to be a rise in crime, carjacking, things like that? Because we all know it's much harder to jack somebody's car if the person is in it and there's a, a, a pump attendant there. So there's no there's nothing that uh, talks about the safety nor how they look into it. Um, What about if it's in the middle of the night and an old lady has to get out of the car and pump her own gas when she's never been used to doing that. That's also something that is not even brought up or concerned. So we're not really preserving in any way, full serve. What we're doing is eliminating it basically for half the day at every single station for a hundred percent of the day for 40% of the stations under the guise that we're getting, self-serve. And then on top of that, all other states allow, or all other states that I know of, allow for local municipalities to regulate gas stations. So think about it in the, in the context of a liquor license. Right. If you're a town, you don't have to offer a liquor license. You can offer it. You don't have to. You might have a large liquor store, or you might say, listen, we don't want a large liquor store, but we want to allow restaurants to be able to sell wine. That's up, to the reg- that's up to ordinances that are created by local government. This bill prohibits local government from having and writing ordinances. So, for instance, in New York State and um, another state I found, Massachusetts, there are, those are both self-serve states. But local governments have written ordinances that say our town is going to remain full-serve. That is the reason why um, Huntington, New York, is a full-serve-only community, even though New York is a self-serve state. Well, the New Jersey bill that we're having would eliminate any possibility of that happening. So you're taking that away from the local government. You're not looking at safety. You're not preserving full serve. You're potentially putting out disabled drivers. And then last but not least, um, what about the 10,000 people who are pump attendants? Not people that work at a gas station doing other things, but the 10,000 jobs that are just pump attendants. I get this number from uh, former state Senator Stephen Sweeney. That was a number that he always used, so I'm saying that that's the number. But let's just say it was 5,000 people, right? Mm-hmm. Or could it be more than 10,000. Whatever it is, how are we going to replace those jobs? None of that is taken into consideration. None of these issues are uh, have been in any way shape or form researched. And when you bring it up in any uh, context, The default answer is, well, the other 40 states do do it. We should be able to do it, too. And to me, that's not good enough. So as far as this bill is concerned, I'm against it. Not because I don't want to offer uh, self-serve to people. I desperately want people to be able to pump their own gas. But I'm not willing to give people some rights by taking their rights away from other people in the process. So that's right.
0: Yeah. But I always said, you know, you have you know, obviously, the the rights for the people come first. And um, it's a. it's a, it's a bill that obviously is not um,
1: thoroughly thought through. Right. Um, and, and, and also, like, you know, it's very easy. What they should just say is have a bill that's a few lines long that says self service is now permitted in New Jersey. And the fact that they can't do it shows you that there's some sort of manipulation going on by some sort of lobbyist to get those extra wordings in because the reality of this is, is that they're, they're, you know, pulling a fast one for um, the gas station lobby or for big oil or for something along those lines.
0: Yeah. So um, just, you know, staying on the uh, topic of uh, of this. Um, so well, it's one of the things that, you know, um, I, I like about you, John, is that you never hold back on anything. So do you have anything to say to the haters out there? It's about, well
1: it depends what um, you what like refer to I as like a hater. You. if it's a hater no, no, i know i understand um, i'm saying so like it, it depends it depends what you mean by hater if we're talking about somebody that's just an individual that doesn't like one of my things that i say to that person i really um my, my i don't really take that into too much consideration because i plan on proving myself over time like i'm i'm for the people and i am absolutely positive that any person that is let's just say against me will see over time that i'm really um somebody that is genuine and i will win that person over so haters on the individual level um i just see as future friends and um it's not something that i necessarily am all that concerned with if now a hater is somebody like in the political establishment like let's just say somebody from my own party that's an elected official that hates me that's something very different all right, right. so so let me now like be like kind of like uh, put it out there and be very clear let's say hypothetically speaking that the state chairman all right it hates me or is a hater that's not necessarily the case but you know i've contacted chairman hugan about numerous things and he hasn't gotten back to me so for, for fun, let's just say that he is a hater. Well, what I would say to the state chairman, who in himself is a very powerful person, he's the state chairman, he's worth hundreds of millions of dollars, he's got immense political and business connections, what I would say to that person directly is that I'm not going anywhere. I'm a person that's for the people and I'm willing to go down swinging for the people. So my suggestion to, let's just say the state chairman would be, Maybe you should take all of your money and all of your political connections and all of your business connections and come and take me out right now. Because at the end of the day, I'm only getting more money and more powerful every single day that I go forward. And this would be your opportunity. Because either way, I'm going to throw an ass kicking to anybody that stops what I'm doing for the people because I hold the moral high ground. And if that's a fight that I gotta fight, it would probably be in my haters' best interest to come and get me now, while they still theor- theoretically have a chance. That's what I would say to the haters.
0: Right. Um, yeah, that's what we need. We need more people who are for the people. And
1: yeah, when I, when I mentioned
0: haters, I meant like people who, like you know, who just take a great disliking towards towards you, and like you know, um, that, that that's what I meant by that. But, uh, no.
1: And, and, I, and I understand that. But like what I'm trying to get the, the point across is that it doesn't I'm trying to show that if you're really for the people and you're really not scared, it doesn't matter who you're taking on. Exactly. Like, like the, the battle is the battle. And you, you have to be willing to to go all out, even if it's scary, even if it's somebody that like, you know, has all the resources like, you know, I, every, anybody can punch down you know what i mean but it's the it's the person that's brave enough to punch up that you can trust to actually do do what you have to do for the people and because remember like if, if you're an elected official you're a public servant like you're the you're the public servant like they have to they have to be know and have confidence that you're willing to fight the fight for them and there is no caving and there is no getting scared and there is no getting back so this isn't something where I'm against, like, you know, Chairman Hugan. but what I'm saying is, theoretically, if somebody that had the power of somebody like that was to come after me, I say bring it on. Like, I'm not scared of that, nor am I scared of anyone else. I'm scared of letting down the people. That's what I'm scared of.
0: Yeah, well, that's how, that's what's all about, serving the people. And um, obviously, there are people on both sides of the aisle who um, put their political agenda first, which is obviously... Not right. Um, so moving on to the thing on this topic. Um, so our political system is so corrupted that even the most innocent of people become corrupted by special interest groups, insider politicians, et cetera. So what makes you different from the bunch? Well,
1: what I would say is that like, I take a lot of pride in what I do and, and in the research that goes along with that. So before I ran, I had for every issue that could possibly come up. I had it written out at a very like, an, like you know, a one uh, line um, kind of stance on it, uh, a one page stance on it and a multi page stance on it where I could speak to every single issue for hours because I truly understood them. I truly believed in them and I truly knew what I was doing. Right. And because I forced myself to do that, what it did for me was it locked me into knowing what was right a lot of times people will run for office and they will allow, let's just say consultants um, to, to draft what their policies are and or they won't really think of certain things because they, they're scared to confront them. And what happens is because they don't really understand it and they haven't really thought it through, they'll have two or three different sides uh, be competing for, for their, two or three different types of people will be competing for them to go a certain way on a certain issue. And they'll just basically take the side of the person that is best for their career. Whereas with me, it does like if if a special interest group was trying to fight me to have a certain to, to have a certain position or to make a certain vote, it would be it would only be r- relevant in that if it matched up with my, uh, my with what I think about the issue. So I already know where I stand on every issue it doesn't really matter if a special interest group tries to push me a certain way because I already have thought it out. Whereas if I haven't thought it out and I don't really know about it, I can be manipulated by somebody that's willing to give me money. You know what I mean? So that's one thing. The other mm-hmm. thing is, is that you have to be brave enough to to do what's right at the end of the day. And you know, I, And by brave, that doesn't necessarily mean being like, you know, an ass kicking fighter that takes it to the establishment. But just at the end of the day, being good with what you've done and knowing you did the right thing. And there are very, very few politicians out there or people that really exude that. I can think of very few um, Mike Crispy, Billy Prempe come to mind, but who I really know for a fact, whether they're right or wrong, because also at the end of the day, being a good person and not being corrupted by the system doesn't necessarily mean being right every time. But it means that you genuinely try to do the right thing. So like if you had a 90 average in school, that would be an A minus and you'd be an elite student, but you would still be getting one out of 10 wrong. All right. That's in politics. You could be a 90, the same, have a 90 average and still be getting one out of 10 things wrong. It's okay to make mistakes if you make mistakes in, in, a, in a good faith manner, but it's not okay to make mistakes when you're making mistakes that are going against the people that you are supposed to be representing. And with, with me, what differs is that I actually take it serious on every little touch point. So I have basically checks and balances inherently that keep me on track because I already know where I'm going with things.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah it's, uh, you know, people need to, you know, um, like, you said, like, like you said, you know, um, it's, it's for the people, not um, for the government. And that's what our constitution is written for we
1: the people. So right, or, or or before gotten like take it with the gas bill right like so yeah. i i'm for self pump right but i know where i draw the line with the, with with the self serve where it's like okay yeah self serve i'm pro i'm pro that but then once you get to a certain point where it gets manipulated past that i know where to draw the line whereas if you've never really thought about it in either way you just might go with the business interest that you know is best to keep you in in power versus what's good for the people exactly
0: um, so many Republicans um, in New Jersey, I'll, I'll just call it like the New Jersey uh, Republican establishment. Um, well, not not all of them do this, but some, I'd say, seek to distance themselves from former President Donald Trump, who is the national face of the Republican Party. Um, what are your thoughts on Donald Trump and what NJ the NJGOP? Um, well, again, not, not, like I said, not everyone in, in, within the establishment, because I know a lot of people there would like Donald Trump still. Like, you know, why do you think they're distancing distancing themselves from Donald Trump? Well,
1: it's like, this is how I look at it. If you're in politics or an elected official, you should be able to say good things or bad things about just any president. So I'm not a fan of Barack Obama. But if somebody was to say, hey, John, what has Barack Obama done that was good? I could within one second say, well, it was great when he killed Osama bin Laden. All right. Yeah. that was irrefutable. Every Republican should agree with that, as should every Democrat. It's not it's not controversial. Now, with Donald Trump, it's the same way. If somebody asks me, hey, John, what do you think about Donald Trump? Well, you know what? I would say I think it's wonderful what he did with the crime bill and what um, and how he's helped uh, the African-American community with uh, funding the historically black colleges. Those two things helped hundreds and hundreds of thousands of African-American communities. I'm immensely proud that a Republican did that. I'm immensely proud that Donald Trump killed Soleimani, um, the Iranian uh, military official who uh, was responsible for blowing the limbs off soldiers, some of which were from New Jersey. I'm immensely proud of the fact that he put three Supreme Court justices on there, that we were energy independent. And the list goes on and on and on and on and on. So when the New Jersey Republicans are asked about Trump or they try to distance themselves from Trump, I see it as a complete disservice to themselves and as to the Republican Party as well, because just like I can tell you something good that Barack Obama has done and it be just something that everybody agrees with, I would think that New Jersey Republicans would be smart enough to be able to say some things, especially like I said, the criminal justice reform. There's a a lot, a lot of things out there that he did that that were terrific and by not by not acknowledging them and running scared you you look to the average person the person that's an independent or unaffiliated the person that doesn't watch cable news to all those people that just kind of see it for what it is you look kind of disingenuous and my suggestion to the republican party would be embrace the good things that he did and you know work and build and build on those things right but don't just sit there and be a wimp because you're scared that some woke idiot is going to be like oh donald trump like that's not that's not how you that's not how you, you you build coalitions that's not how you instill trust and confidence in voters that's how you you make people think that you're you're a wimp and so i mean it is what it is like the donald trump did a great job and i think that with the failures that we see from the biden administration Um, Now on a daily basis, that becomes more and more obvious. And as it becomes more and more obvious, it becomes more and more obvious when New Jersey Republicans shy away from it.
0: Going back to the gas bill uh, recently, um, Governor Phil Murphy, um, our governor of New Jersey, he told voters to uh, quote unquote swallow hard unquote when it comes to high gas prices. In other words, he basically just said suck it up and deal with it. Uh, And obviously, unlike like us, like you know, Murphy lives in a Gated mansion in in Middletown, and you know, is has made millions of dollars um, working at Goldman Sachs. You know, him and his wife both made a lot of money, and but why is Murphy so arrogant when it comes to things like this?
1: I don't, I don't know. I mean, I think it's a it's a real character flaw on the part of the man. First of all, you know, Murphy didn't grow up with a silver spoon in his mouth. Like he worked real hard, and you would think somebody that um, came from nothing and built himself up to some degree um, would. Uh, to would at least have uh, s- some sort of sympathy for those who are less fortunate than he is. But either way, even if he did have money as a child or, or not, I think it's really disgusting. I mean, you have a man that I, I think that you remember when COVID was hitting over Christmas, he gets on a private jet and he um, flies uh, out of the country so he can enjoy this opulent vacation in Costa Rica with his family.
0: You know a private
1: a, a private jet like that probably costs one hundred and fifty thousand dollars. All right, and this guy, and maybe with the gas prices going up, maybe not so much then, but like, but still wildly expensive. You're paying fifteen twenty thousand just in gas, and his his uh, his position is not so much. Oh my God, what does the the twenty thousand dollars worth of gas cost me? But how can I make sure I get that jet? So you know. If you're the type of person that's able to spend one hundred and fifty thousand dollars on a plane ride when everybody else is stuck sick in a pandemic, if you're the type of person that doesn't care about filling up twenty thousand dollar gas tanks, you kind you know you you have a real hell of a nerve to tell the working man that they got to swallow hard when when they're struggling to make ends meet. Because I'll tell you something: when you go into the supermarket right now and you see that um, a twelve pack of uh, paper towels costs twenty six dollars or you see um, a a package of ribs that used to be $11.99 now cost $24 or any of these sorts of things like that, you start thinking to yourself, man, how am I going to feed my family? Like, how am I going to make my payments? And then you start seeing gas go up as much as it does. And if nothing else, you want to know that the leader of your state, whether it be part of your party or, or or not part of your party, but you're hoping that, my goodness, like this guy, Phil Murphy, he did so well with his own self. Like he made himself uh, almost a billion dollars at Goldman Sachs. Maybe, just maybe with his intelligence, he would be able to do things to make my life a little better. And then you hear this guy, the same guy that's, you know, going on these opulent private jets, look at you and say, you know something? No, I'm not really going to do something better. You're just going to have to swallow hard and suck it up. To me, that's just despicable. It's you know, very- it's just everything. It's every single thing that I'm against. You know something? When you have a lot and you're fortunate, and in many ways, um, you know, I don't have anything close to what Phil Murphy has, but you know, I've had been been very fortunate in life. Uh, what when I take it is, is that I think, my God, I am so lucky. How can I make it so everybody is closer to me and they can they can enjoy the things that I can enjoy? Not, um, hey guys, you suck it up while I go out overseas on a on a great trip. Yeah. Uh,
0: yeah, it's, um, it's, you know, this isn't it's, it's the first time that Murphy has said comments, you know, like arrogant comments like this. And, you uh, know, it's, uh, I think it's just just you know, show, you know, like, you know, oh, well, you know, he's just so out of touch with majority of New Jersey voters.
1: Uh, it's, it's, uh, even if that, even if that was what you really had to do, and it's not because he can make things better if he wanted to, but if he, it was really, that's just not the way you say it. All right. Like you're supposed to. You're supposed to make people feel better. You're supposed to make it feel like you're part of the team that we're going to work through this together in a way that's going to make your lives better. That's going to make your kids' lives better. Not hey guys, guess what? Too fucking bad. Um, I'm I'm, 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 I get my I get my private jets. You guys, you know, if you guys got to struggle a little, so be it. And that's what. And I just I think it's just such a, a horrific horrific thing to say. And it's particularly horrific because he wasn't he didn't grow up with like all this money. He knows exactly the struggles that those guys are feeling, and yet he he doesn't care. You know, it's, it's, it's really, really, it's, it's, it's a terrible look for him. And it's a, and it, you know, it's a horrible thing to do to people. It's a very terrible look. Yeah, I totally agree. It's not a good look for him at all.
0: Um, so what would you do to, to fix our broken political system? So both on on the national level and state level, you can, well,
1: I want I, to start with. well it, it's like, it's not so much what you can do to fix it. It's like the people that come into it have to be of the right mindset. Like, You have to have people that are brave enough to, one, take on their own party where they see corruption or where they see people being self-serving, being willing to work with the other party. So, like you know, if if a bunch of Democrats came up with a terrific idea that was going to help New Jersey, there is no way I wouldn't go along with it, because ultimately my my whole entire reasoning for being an elected official, if I was lucky enough to be able to serve the people, would be to help the people. So I don't care who's coming up with the idea. I just care that the idea is coming up, uh, is being come up with and that it passes. So you have to be brave enough to cross the aisle when necessary, whereas everybody's brave enough to fight the Democrats. But it, the real brave person ha- knows when you can work with them or when you there's an opportunity and you can kind of make something happen out of nothing. You also have to be brave enough to be able to tell your own party, hey, enough with this. This isn't good for what we're doing. This isn't good for the people. And this isn't our value system. And so you have to be able to fight that fight too. You have to be intelligent and hardworking. I mean, uh, when I was running, I heard a lot of people say things like, well, being a, a, an assemblyman's a part-time job. I heard this a million times. Well, to me, it isn't uh, like, it isn't a part-time job, no matter what, because if you have, let's just say uh, a legislative district, that's got 219,000 people um, that you're representing. Well, it's 219,000 times greater than a full-time job because a full-time job is just for John Curpus. If you're working for 219,000 other people, it's certainly not a part-time job. Like you got to attack it as like, I got to help all these people as much as I can. So you got to be dedicated to that as well. And you also have to be intelligent enough and hardworking enough to read through the bills. Like, just like how there's like little nuances with the gas bill, this, happens all the time and this is why i don't like things like these like huge omnibus bills where they give you a 2600 page bill that's for 1.5 trillion dollars and they give you 12 hours to read it that should be illegal it should be absolutely illegal every bill should be written individually if it makes people have to work harder so be it but you can't do things like that with the people's money and you have to be able to sit there and read the things and know when to fight the good fight no one to you know uh, reach across the aisle to make things work and you have to be able to be brave enough to do that and right now I see that there isn't a lot of that going on there you have people that like exhibit some of those qualities but there's no point in being the type of person that deep dives into a bill to figure it out only if they're going to wimp out and not call out their own party and vote for it anyway you know what I mean or not call out the other or if the other party gives a very, very good faith suggestion and you just don't do it because let's just say um, somebody higher up the, the food chain in your own party says, no, we're, we're, we, we want to play games until the next election. Like it's not about elections or playing games like with people's lives. It's about doing what's right. And I kind of am under the minds of the mindset that it would be better to lose and go down doing the right thing than to kind of just be floating along in no man's land and have this long career where you really did nothing when you had this this opportunity, this one life you have to live, we can really do something for the people, and then just squander it. So it's not, I don't know how the country is going to get out of the funk that we're in. But what I do know is it's going to take the right sort of people in there that are going to be willing to do what it takes to make things happen. And that's where right now I see a lot of the problems happening where it's just you know, you have good people that are fun to hang out with and that are, you know, uh, like, you know, could be your best buddy or you have a beer with. But ultimately, they're not doing what it takes to help the little guy or they're letting things slide that they themselves would be horribly disappointed if somebody let slide on them. Couldn't have said it any better. Um,
0: So I want to move into um now to your um to your when you ran for assembly and possibility, you know, future run for office. So first off, um, what did you learn about running for office last year?
1: I learned a couple of things. Well, I mean, I learned, I learned way more than a couple of things, but to keep things, uh, you know, within the context of time, the time frame I have here, the first thing is, is that I learned that you can't beat the line. So um, I was always under the impression that if you worked really hard for the party, you were, which I had always done, you were given the line. And um, you, you would win, not because necessarily you had the line, but because it was all this kind of organic thing that happened. And I didn't really realize the, the magnitude of the fact that 49 other states um, basically banned the line that we have and that there is a reason for it. So when I, we ran last year, um, it, I had the line in one county in Passaic and I did not have the line in Burden County. Now, in Bergen County, where I have incredible connections in lots of towns, and I did every and I outspent my opponents and I outworked my opponents and I had a better command of uh, the issues and everything, I was not able to win one of the towns except for the town I live in solely because the line was too much to beat. However, in the county that I didn't live in, where I did have the line, but where I probably shouldn't have won. I was able to beat my opponent in every town, even though I did not have the uh, inroads there that I did in my own county. So what I realized was, is that at the end of the day, the line was what mattered. I won in the counties I had it, and I won the towns in the count- where I had it, and I lost in the towns that I didn't. And it was literally as simple as that. And that's a problem and um, something that needs to be rectified in the state. So that's one thing. The other thing that I learned is, is that if you are running and you really do have a command of the issues, like genuinely have a command of them, then you should push forward with what your gut tells you to push forward. One of the things that um, I did that I'm very, very proud of is I was the first person to um, out of all Republicans in the state to ever run on being anti-critical race theory. So I knew that that was a bad thing. It's racist. It's wrong. And I want no part of it in my school systems or in anybody else's school systems. Now, when I brought that up, I received tremendous pushback from people that were in my camp. Oh, you can't do this. The woke mob's going to come after you, blah, 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 blah. And I said, no, I, I want to do it. I'm definitely going to do it. And I did it anyway. And I received so much positive feedback being that I was a first person. I can't tell you how many people contacted me and still contact me, thanking me for getting that ball rolling. And you still see that ball is still rolling. If there's a campaign anywhere in New Jersey. It originated with that one thought and me being the brave person to push that thing over the hill, right? Um, the, the Another thing that um, I was very um, uh, important was that I wanted to do something. If I won, my, I had this thought that Every single thing that I voted for, right, that I wanted to justify in writing after I voted for it. So I made a promise that if I vote for a bill after I vote for it, I'm going to write publicly exactly the reasons why I did vote for it, why I didn't vote for it, why I abstained. So this way the public could track every single thing I do and know exactly where I stand, the reasons, and that I couldn't manipulate my way out of it in the future. They knew the, 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 it was fully transparent i received out just an immense 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 pushback from people especially elected officials in our party saying don't do that don't do that it's too much work it's it's bad you might want to have a different answer in the future all this sort of crap like that so and i was just like absolutely not like these people if i'm lucky enough to be elected they should know exactly why i do everything i do i'm doing it for them you know, I don't care how much time it takes, but John, you might have to write hundred. There could be hundreds of bills in a day. I said, then guess what? I'll stay up all night if I have to. I'll take off for a week. It doesn't matter. I will write down then hundreds of reasons why I did something, but everybody will know. And when I, and I said, I don't care what anybody says, I'm still going to tell the people that. And when I would go out and when I talk to people, they were so happy about that, that, that they felt that, wow, that they could actually not just have a build tracker where it says yay, nay, like a roll call, but they actually had some sort of idea of what I was doing, why I was doing, and that they were thankful that even if I disagreed with them, that they would at least have some sort of knowledge why, and then they could build on it from there, you know, that maybe somebody could see that, hey, you voted this way on it this time. Did you ever really think of this, John? Maybe next time if a similar issue comes up, you might want to consider this or whatever. My, yeah. What, what I learned uh, is and what I hope um, anybody uh, listening to this might take away is that, you know, if you really are considerate of the issues and you know what you're doing then go with them, push, push forward. Don't let some consultant or some establishment person tell you what's right or wrong. Do what you feel is right, because ultimately you're going to feel good about it.
0: Very, very well said. I mean, the only thing I want to say, though, about on um, the line, I mean, I know there are two people. um um, State Senator Christian Corrado and uh, Frank Pallotta both proved that you can win without the line. Um, you know, Christian Corrado proved it in 2017 uh, when she did not get to support the Bergen line. Yeah, the Bergen line was awarded by was awarded to Balti Gaitano. Um, and in 2020, when the BCRO gave a line to John McCann, and then Frank still ended up winning Bergen. Um, just
1: to call yeah. you know, yeah, That's true. That is true. But like I talked to Frank Pellet about this, and he was saying to me that um that he realized um the gravity of the line issue when you look at it as a percentage of the overall votes. So for him, I believe that the line represented it was like something, and I could be wrong. So if the, the number is wrong, um, bear with me. But it was something like fi- or in the neighborhood of fifty percent was dictated by the line, whereas with me it was more along eighty percent. You get what I'm saying? So, like, yeah. the, like so it really, like, you can beat the line. It's possible if, if, if you have certain towns. It, because in reality, it wasn't that Frank didn't have the line everywhere. It was that Frank had the lines in 50% of the places and 50% of the places he didn't. So he was able to overcome the places where he didn't have it by utilizing the places where he did. Whereas where I had the line where it was only three towns versus... 22 towns or 21 towns where I didn't have it, that's where that discrepancy came in.
0: Yeah, 20 towns in um Bergen County, 39. Right. Now now all the stakes gone in only 39 So uh the right. last question for uh we end for today. Um uh, would you run for office again?
1: Yeah, I will definitely run for office again. I mean it it really just depends um like how, where, and why. I mean. I think that somebody is going to inevitably want to take out uh, Deanne DeFuccio um, in the 39th district, uh, for 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 the reason that um she voted on, uh, she had a very sketchy vote on the abortion bill. Um, for people yeah, out there that, about that, for people out there that don't know, and that you know, um, even our pro-choice people. The abortion bill in New Jersey is not about being pro-choice or not, all right? New Jersey has the most abortions in the entire nation. It's the most abortion-friendly state in the nation as is, and there's no, there will never be one person that you will ever meet in New Jersey that says, you can't get an abortion. You can get them if you need them. It's not like you live in some southern state. What this abortion bill did was take it to a level that's unconscionable. The abortion bill now allows for a woman uh, while she's giving birth to decide during birth that she can abort the baby. All right. Do so with somebody that isn't a doctor like a midwife and that they do not have to provide that baby with anesthesia. So it suffers. All right. So if you're willing to stab a baby, uh, if you think that stabbing a newborn baby with a sword, all right, without anesthesia is inhumane, well, that's the exact same thing that they're allowing to happen. They're allowing cosmetic abortions to happen, meaning if you want a boy and you have twins and there's a boy and a girl, they can take the girl and they can kill the girl at labor and then just give you the boy, okay, without anesthesia. Now, to put this in perspective, at 15, months, at 15 weeks, uh, if there's a procedure in a woman, if she's 15 weeks pregnant, they have to give anesthesia to the baby at 15 weeks so the baby isn't in any pain. However, if you abort and you kill that baby at its due date, which is like 40 weeks, you can do that and make that baby suffer. So this isn't about abortion. This is about murder, like real murder. And, and it's not about women's rights. Women do have rights, obviously. But no person, not a woman, not a man, not anybody, has the right to kill a baby on its due date without anesthesia and make it suffer. Well, Deanna Fuccio did not feel that way. She voted yes to that, and then when she was called out, she went back to the legislative services and tried to have them change it to an abstain. All right, which is no better because as an elected official, you should you should know that that's not okay. This isn't about saying the right to have an abortion or not. This is about the right not to kill a baby when it's being born. So she changed it to abstain, and um, like you know, something like that's unacceptable to me. And if she, if nobody else is going to take her out, then I will.
0: Ooh. Well, you know, I, I like I said before, that was a very um terrible um vote for her. Um, I was I take abortion very seriously since I was on um, the doctor recommended when I was in my mother's room that I be terminated. But uh, I have to take this argument very, very seriously. I'm glad we're both on the right side of this issue. But John, Bye. you are a very brave man and i really appreciate all the work that you're doing so thank you for joining the show uh, and we'll hope to have you on again
1: yeah and thank you so much i'm immensely proud to be on the show and um for you to even give me the opportunity that i can uh, talk about some of these issues and hopefully that people uh, come on board so we can get a better life for everybody in the state not just for people like phil murphy exactly
0: uh, just for a quick program announcement, there will be no new episode next week on March 21st, but we'll be coming back on March 28th. And if you are attending the NJGOP Summit, I will be there. So if you want to come by and say hi to me, uh, I'll be happy to meet you. Uh, until next time, this is Anthony Maragliotta and John Curtis signing off. See you later, everybody.